Welcome to another episode of the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions. Hi, the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions are available on the following platforms. Anchor, Spotify, and Apple iTunes. Follow us by hitting the follow button and subscribe so that you can hear all this important information that pertains to life and the future. Thanks. Testing, testing. I'm just testing to see if this, um, <clears throat> excuse me, if my microphone is working. Just hold on a minute. Shabbat Shalom. Welcome and welcome back. I hope that you are enjoying this Sabbath and I hope all is well with you. Um, I'm trying to think whether I have something to say or not. <laughs> I do have some stuff to say, but <clears throat> I think I'm going to hold it. I think I'm going to hold it until um, y'all willing next week. So I'll probably expound on what I'm going to say, but um, right now we are currently in Second Chronicles, aka Two Chronicles, I call it. Um, last week we did Second Chronicles from one up to eighteen. <clears throat> Today we are going to do nineteen through thirty-six. And again, excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to, hold on. Let me get something to drink. <clears throat> Seems like I can't clip my throat. My allergies have been acting up, so <clears throat> please bear with me as I try to get it together. So... <clears throat> They're not going to be cliff notes like usual. I usually do cliff notes. And if I have to read a whole chapter or two whole chapters or three whole chapters, then I will do that for you to understand exactly the magnitude of who the children of Israel are. Now, I understand people still don't get it. And that's fine. There's a lot of people that's not going to wake up <clears throat> because I'm telling them um, information. Most High has everybody waking up in their own time. And trust me, if you don't get it by the time all this stuff is said and done, then you wasn't meant to wake up. <clears throat> the most I said that he's only going to have a remnant and he's using those people that he um, poured his spirit out to, to do their jobs. I am just one of those thousands or probably even hundreds of thousands of people that's doing it. <clears throat> so as I said, we will be doing highlights of the, um, the last of this second part of Second Chronicles, simply because it is a chronology of the children of Israel. Now, First Chronicles was chronicling, um, was a chronology of um, uh, a large um, <clears throat> amount of people, starting with Adam. And then when Adam gave his power away, it got very small and then specific. So now we are in specifics, not only within the children of Israel, 
um, we are talking about the kings. So within the children of Israel, because the, the, like I said, it went from Adam and everybody else to uh, Noah and then Abraham and then Isaac and then Yaakov and his uh, brood. And then within his brood, we talking about, we talked about um, the Levites and now we talking about the Kings. <clears throat> That's how specific it is. And why is that important? Because this is setting you up for Yeshua's um, Genesis. I'll say it like that. Okay. And people don't understand that. People just think um, the Old Testament is just nothing. Um, when people start reading the Bible, a lot of people, um, they try to figure out, well, where do I start? And for the most part, because there's a lot of pagans um, that believe that they the children of Israel, <clears throat> even though the scriptures do not pro proclaim them to be in any way, you cannot line their history up with the children of Israel's history. Anyway, they think they are. And the first thing they do, they'll go to the New Testament. Children of Israel, you must start at the beginning with the Old Testament. Because that's your beginning. Your beginning is not the New Testament. Okay? That's for everybody else. So like I said, these chronicles is very important simply because this is um, Yeshua's. This is how Yeshua came about. And this is how the children of Israel came about. It's a recap from Genesis to 2 Kings. That's a recap. First uh, Chronicles and Second Chronicles is a recap from Genesis to 2 Kings. So now we are on the second part of Second Chronicles, and we are highlighting the rest of the Chronicles, starting with chapter 19. Like I said, it's a highlight, not a cliff note. Cliff note gives you more meat, more information. It gets to the point. Highlight is highlighting what's in the verses of the chapters. And I'm giving you this because we already went through this. Okay. And if you don't understand, go to Genesis. I I've cliff note, read and highlighted everything from Genesis to now Second Chronicles. That's what I did. So you can go acquaint yourself with that. All the new people, welcome. And all the old reliables, welcome back. You know what y'all supposed to be doing. Okay. So I hate to keep beating a dead horse, but sometimes, you know, people, you know, new people are coming every day. So um this is what it is. And I also uploaded the book of Second Chronicles. So, you know, um, I did the first part. I highlighted the first part for you. I uploaded the book itself. And now I'm giving you second part. Because a lot of people, unfortunately, can't follow along with what people are saying. Because they want to know inside information. They want to know how this happened, how that happened. You know, you don't want to just listen to a book and you really don't know the people behind it, what they did, background, stuff like that. And unfortunately, people come in and they want to know the whole meat of something coming in at the last part. That's what happens. But anyway, we're going to move on. Um, I can get winded if I don't stop myself. So let me just keep moving. Like I said, the book is already up there. You can listen to the book. It's in, in its entirety, but I'm giving you background with the highlights. Now, we're starting on 2 Chronicles 19, chapter 19, 1 through 4. Jehoshaphat, reproved by Jehu, visits his kingdom. As you know, we are in the second kings, between the first and the second kings in um, Second Chronicles. So just know that. Um, in the first part, it was first kings. 
And the second part is um, Second Kings. Um, verses 5 through 7, his instructions to the judges. Verses 8 through 11, to the priests and the Levites. Now we are on um, chapter 20. And verses 1 through 4, Jehoshaphat invaded by Moab, which is their distant cousins, proclaims a fast. Verses 5 through 13, his prayer, Jehoshaphat's prayer. Verses 14 through 19, the prophecy of Jaziel. Verses 20 through 21, Jehoshaphat exhorts the people and sets singers to praise the Most High. Uh, verses 20 through 25, the great overthrow of his enemies, Jehoshaphat's. Verses 26 through 30, the people having blessed the Most High at Berchaha return in triumph. Verses 31 through 34, Jehoshaphat's reign Verses 35 through 37, his convoy of ships, according to the prophecy of Eleazar, unhappily perish. Now we are on chapter 21. Um, uh, verses 1 through 4, Jehoram ex oh, excuse me, succeeds Jehoshaphat and slays his brethren. So um, Jehoshaphat is the father of Jehoram. And we'll get through that. We'll go through who begat who, who's the father who. Begat is who's the father who, who's the father. We're going to get to that. But just know that this is like a, um, a kind of a, like I said, a recap of everything that went on. So don't worry if you don't um, know who these names are or if you forgot. Remember, you got the book. So and then you you could go back and refresh yourself on from Genesis to um, Second Kings. And this is pretty much Second Kings. Jehoram, uh, like I said, verses one through four, Jehoram succeeds Jehoshaphat and slays his brethren. So his brothers, he kills his brothers. Make sure nobody else comes get the throne. Um, verses five through seven, his wicked reign. So, you know, Jehoram's reign was wicked. And I told you last week, a lot of times when there's a good king, sometimes the child who would uh, be the successor, excuse me, would be wicked. There was more wicked kings than there was righteous understand that and know that and a bridge to that is um the book of Barak and um the book of the shepherd or Hamas when they talk about um well in the uh, book of Barak when it talks about the um the waters is the waters in um shepherd or Hamas no the waters is in um the book of Barak and the the 12 mountains is in um the book of Shepherd Hermans. So that's what he talks about the kings and their wicked reigns. Anyway, verses 8 through 11, Edom and Libna revolt. So Edom is basically the twin brother of uh, of Yaakov. So that was their cousins. Fight, fight, fight. Even today, this is Esau's world and it's miserable. Esau's people, miserable. Because why? Esau never listened to the Most High. E Most High said, I hated Esau. Why? Because Esau never listened. Esau broke laws. Esau did everything. Before there was written laws and all of that, he, brought, he broke the Most High statutes and precepts. Statutes and precepts of the Most High are laws. Did they know this? Yes, everybody knew it. Adam knew it and they're going down. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. Okay. All right. So like I said, Edom and Libna revolt. 
um, verses 12 to 15, the prophecy of Elijah against him in writing. Now, we are going to go into a lot of prophets. And as a matter of fact, at some point, I'm going to upload Elijah's prophecy because in the books that I've been discussing, you hardly heard anything about him. While we was talking about him in the Bible, in the Kings, there was things that he did being a prophet of the king. There was things that he did, but he has a whole book of a prophecy that has yet to come true. I'm telling you, these prophets, um, the prophets had other books that they did. They took out of the Bible that they their, um, their prophecies are right on time with today's time, literally today's time. All the stuff that's happening now with the wars and specific stuff, book of Elijah. And it's called the Apocalypse. The Apocalypse of Elijah, and I'm going to upload that book just to give you a little piece of info. Okay. Um, moving on. Um, verses 16 and 17, the Philistines and um, the it says Arabians, but it they wasn't their ancient name is not Arabians. <laughs> um, it's the um is it um Syrians <clears throat> oppress him. Um, verses 18 through 20, his incurable disease, infamous death and burial. And that's Jehoram's because he was wicked. Um, Second Chronicles 22, verses 1 through 4, Aziah succeeds and reigns wickedly. This is the nonsense. This is the nonsense. And you wonder why we in this position we are in right now. This is the nonsense. Verses five through nine in his confederacy with Jehoram, the son of Ahab, he is slain by Jeru. Um, verses 10 through 12, Athaliah destroying all the seed royale, save Joash, whom Jehoshaphat, his aunt, hid, usurps the kingdom. And this is when they hit, this is when um, one of the um, relatives hid the child when he killed his um, relatives. That's the nonsense. Oof. It was wicked. Um, Second Chronicles 23. Um, you already know there's no J's, but it says J's here because um, these um, chapters are from the ESV, uh, English Standard Version. That's why it's not a King James Version. That's why you got all these J's, even though they do have J's in the King James Version. You know, there wasn't no J's um, 500 and a half years ago, knowing that these scriptures are thousands of years old and they didn't speak English. Just letting you know, because some people go, oh, what's the difference? It doesn't matter. It actually does. Little foxes spoil the vine. What does that mean? If somebody's nibbling, nibbling, nibbling on a vine, here, there, 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 the vine's not going to be strong. And then later on, the vine is not going to be um, healthy, vital, viable, and it's going to break. Does that matter to you? Yeah. Anyway, like I said, um, Second Chronicles chapter 23, Jehoiada, I can't pronounce it. It's Jehoiada. Having set things in order makes Joash the king. Verses 12 through 15. Athaliah is slain. 16 through 21. Here we go again with this name. Jehoiada restores the worship of the Most High. 
you have to forgive me for these pronunciations because these names are tongue twisters. Um, moving forward, um, Second Chronicles chapter 24 and um, 1 through 3 says, um, Joash reigns well all the days of Jehoiada. Um, verses 4 through 14, he gives order for the repair of the temple. You see how the temple, every time a king that was wicked reigned, they neglected the most high. It was so many things, so many laws that they broke. And these were literal laws because some of that law is to keep the uh, the most high's um, temple healthy, uh, do daily chores around it, do daily things around it. And every time a wicked king, king came to reign, it was neglected. They turned around, they started um, worshiping um, idols and other things and neglected the most high, knowing full well, full well what they were supposed to do. And people wonder why the children, blood covenant children of, of the most high, is in the position that they're in there. They wonder. Like I said, verses 4 through 14, Joash uh, gives the order to repair the temple. Verses 15 through 16, J-O-I, J -O what did I say it was? J-O-A-I-D-A, his death and honorable burial. Verses 17 through 22, Joash falling into idolatry, falling into idolatry. Stop the nonsense. Making a conscious choice to be idol, uh, be an idol worship, idolatrous. That there's no falling. You see how words um, can manipulate. How are you falling into idolatry? You don't fall into idolatry because that says to me. If somebody said that to me, it would be like, okay, they fell into this. Like there was no um, control, no control. I had no control of falling because that's what happens when we fall. We have no control. Something happens and we fall. So where is it that you fall into idolatry? This is the whole crux of the issues of these scriptures. Manipulating words, making you think, because when people say stuff and you understand it in your head, their schemas, pictures, all this stuff to help you to understand. And you develop this when you're a child. So it helps you to focus on what is being said and imagine in your head what it is. So if you're being manipulated by words, this can change the whole trajectory of your thought process. And why am I saying this? Simply because there's going to be a lesson that I'm going to say that is just doing just that by the manipulation of words and by the um, programming that you continue to watch and listen to. And that's uh, that's problematic. Anyway, like I said, verses uh, 17 through 22, Joash falling. I'm not going to say falling. I'm going to say choosing because he made a conscious choice into moving forward, turning away from the most high and choosing to worship idols. So he's choosing idolatry. He slays um, Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada. <laughs> oh gosh, it's Jeh. Yeah, Jehoiada. Jeho. Forget it. You already know what I said. Verses 23 
through 26, Joash is spoiled by the Syrians and slain by Zadad and Zechoabad. Verses 27, Amaziah succeeds him. Now we're in chapter 25, 1 through 2, Amaziah begins to reign well. Verses 3 through 4, he executes justice on the traitors. Verses 5 through 10, having hired an army of Yasharel against the Edomites at the word of the prophet dismisses them. Um, this is 2 Kings. Um, verses 11 through 12, he overthrows the Edomites. Verses 13, the um, Yasharel, discontented with their uh, dismission, spoil as they return home. Verses uh, 14 through 16, Amaziah, proud of his victory, serves, listen, the gods of Edom. So the idols of Edom. This is why we don't call the most high a god, because gods are idols, we see that in uh, Mizraim, a.k.a. Egypt. We see those gods, those big things. We understand that through um, the uh, Testament of Solomon, which I uploaded, and they say they gods. The demons, a.k.a. devils, are saying that they gods. They are. There's so many books of prophets and apostles who are also prophets that say this. And I haven't even begun to upload none of the uh, New Testament apostles that actually legitimizes and backs up the Old Testament uh, prophets. I'm going to tell you, honey, there's some there's some books that you can listen to that's going to knock your socks off, literally. And once you start walking with the Most High and understanding, you will see everything clearly. I don't, even the new war now, the old wars, all the wars. Everything that's going down, you will understand through the prophets. The Most High left everything down here, everything you can imagine, but people are not doing it. And remember, the devil has broken down the books, separated the books, hid the books, burnt the books, buried the books. They did all kinds of stuff. It even says that in many of the um, major prophets, Ezra and Barak, it says it in there. Those are major prophets. I'm going to keep going. No, let me read it again. Verses 14 through 16, Amaziah, proud of his victory, serves the gods of Edom and despises and admissions the prophets. Um, he's trying to yell at the prophets, trying to make the prophets feel ashamed, but it's not going to work. Um, admonishes, even though it says admonitions. Um, verses 17 to 20, 24, he provokes Joash to his overthrow. So overthrow, that's Amaziah provokes Joash to his overthrow. So, um, Joash overthrew him because of the provocation of Amaziah. Again, this is all in second Kings, um, verses 25 and 26, his reign, 27 through 28, he is slain by conspiracy. So you see all the dastardly deeds that the kingdoms and the, the kings and the family members of the kings and the, the court of the kings, how everybody's just acting like true heathens. They're just derelicts. That's how they're acting. And I'm going to tell you this. 
the Testament of the Twelve, which I uploaded in the line of Yahuda. Yahuda talks about all of this. Yahuda, excuse me, Yahuda says that his progeny is going to act like sea monsters and going to start, you know what a sea monster does to ships in the harbor, in water, they take them down, kill them all, make them drown. That's what um, Yahuda says that um, his progeny is going to do to one another. And that's exactly what's happening. When I read these, because I've done a lot of reading and meditating, those those books pop in my head. They pop in my head. They pop in my head. And when you continue to walk with the Most High and you start meditating on his books and his word, um, the Ruach is going to bring all this stuff to your remembrance. So that just brings me to uh, various books that I'm calling out um, as I am highlighting these chapters. Um, verses 23, excuse me, 22 and 23, he dies and Jotham succeeds him. So now we're on chapter um, 27, um, verses 1 through 4, Jotham reigning well, prospers. Verses 5 through 6, he subdues the Ammonites. It's a back and forth with them. Ammonites, Moabites, Edom. These are relatives. They all distant relatives with the exception of the most high didn't like Esau. So uh, I'm not going to say they was all cursed because um, Job wasn't cursed and he was an um, Edomite. Um, the most high did not like Esau. Still don't like Esau. However, Yaakov and Esau are twin brothers, even though they didn't look alike. They was fraternal twins. One of them had his uh, melanin taken away and the other one didn't. And for those people who go, how did that happen? You're not listening to what I say. When I read, um, did I read Joel? I didn't, but I probably will. The Most High said, I loved uh, Esau and I hated, um, excuse me, I love Yaakov and I hated Esau. Uh-huh. And I cursed him. Uh-huh. That's how he cursed him, taking his mem uh, melanin. He came out red and hairy as a garment. That's not how um, Yaakov was. That's not how Isaac was. That's not how Abraham was. None of them. Don't you think they would have described it? Why would they have to describe Esau if he was any other color except for melanated? If he was non-melanated, why would they have to describe him? They describe all non-melanated people. They either call them white or red. They describe all of them. They describe Noah. They describe Esau. Why would they do that? I'm going to keep moving. Verses 7 through 9, his reign and his death, Ahaz succeeds him. Chapter 28, 2 Chronicles chapter 28, 1 through 5, Ahaz reigning very wickedly, is greatly afflicted by the Syrians. You've seen the Most High is not letting none of this go. You're supposed to be an example to the children of Israel, Yahuda's line, because, you know, the kingdom of Yahuda. But these kings want to show they behind, honey. They want to show it all, the whole full behind. That's what they want to show. And so the Most High got some form, honey, because the Most High takes the heathens to correct his children. He says this in books. Verses 6 through 15, Yahuda being captivated by Yasharel is sent home by the council of Obed the prophet. So the big brother, 
Yasharel is reprimanding the little brother, Yahuda. Go home. Okay? Because remember, Yahuda is one and a half tribes. And um, Yasharel is ten and a half tribes. Understand that. I'm calling them brothers, but the Most High calls them sisters. And we will get to that later. I'm just letting you know. Verses um, 16 through 21, Ahaz sending for aid to Assyria is not helped thereby. Verses 22 through 25, in his distress, he throws more idolatrous. Oh, he grows more, sorry, idolatrous. So he's turning from the most high child. Oof. Verses 26 through 27, he's dying. Hezekiah succeeds him. Now we're in um, chapter 29. Um, by this time, you should have no question as to why the children of Israel or in the position they're in. Yes, there are true children of Israel, blood covenant running through their veins. They the children of Israel. That's what they call the children of Israel. They ain't called Jews, they ain't called none of that. There's two different nations, two different. Okay? Because a Jew makes a Jew that's a proselyte. This is in the book of Philip. I don't say nothing about um children of Israel or um um I forgot what else they call them. And that's what it is. This is why these books was taken out. Okay. This is why. Um, like I said, chapter 29, verses 1 through 2, Hezekiah's good reign. 3 through 4, he restores uh, the temple. 5 through 11, he exhorts the Levites, and they're supposed to be, because they're the Most High's lot. Verses 12 through 19, they sanctify themselves and cleanse the house of the Most High. And the Most High is sitting up here watching all of this. Mm -hmm. Verses 20 through 36, Hezekiah offers solemn sacrifices, wherein the Levites are more forward than the priests. Now we're on um, chapter 30. Um, verses 1 through 12, Hezekiah proclaims a solemn Passover on the second month for Yahuda and Yasharel, the kingdoms. Verses 13 through 26, the assembly, having destroyed the altars of idolatry, keep the feast 14 days. This is under a good king. Um, verses 27, the priests and the Levites bless the people. See, this is this is the stuff that's supposed to be happening, not all the nonsense. Um, chapter 31, verse 1, the people go moves forward in destroying idolatry. It says is forward. Um verses two through four. Hold on. Hezekiah orders the courses of the priests and Levites and provides for their work and maintenance. Verses five through ten, the people's forwardness. And offerings and tithes. I already told you what tithes were. It's not what they saying today. You ain't doing nothing but making people rich when you give them your money because they ain't helping nobody. And none of them are true Levites. Just saying. Anyway, uh, verses 11 through 19, Hezekiah appoints officers to dispose of the tithes. Uh, verses 20 through 21, the serenity of Hezekiah. Let me get my water break. Okay. 
chapter 32, verses 1 through 8, um, Sennacherib invading Yehuda, Hezekiah fortifies himself and encourages his people, verses 9 through 20, against the blasphemes of Sennacherib, Hezekiah, and Isaiah pray. You know, Isaiah is a major prophet. Um, verses 21 through 23, an angel destroys the hosts of the Assyrians. You see what happens? You see what happens? Now, that's true faith. Soon as they start praying, a good king and a prophet, what does the Most High do? He moves. Praise y'all. Hallelujah. And that angel destroyed the hosts of the Assyrians. Uh, verses 24, Hezekiah praying in his sickness. The Most High gives him a sign of recovery. Verses um, 25 and 26, he waxing proud, is humbled by the Most High. Verses 27 through 30, his wealth and works. This is when he tells everybody what he got. This is when he starts acting foolish. You see, you see, even when you're good, you got to be careful. You always got to be humble because when you start puffing up, the Most High is going to put you in your place. That's why we always got to be humble. Don't feel yourself too much. Never feel yourself too much. Stay humble. Stay humble. I don't care what you got. Stay humble. Everybody. Verse 31. His error in the ambulance of Babylon. That's when the Babylonian king came and took all his stuff. Verses 30, excuse me, 32 and 33. He's dying. Manasseh succeeds him. And Manasseh's a wicked thing. Ooh, Manasseh wicked. Um, chapter 33, verses 1 through 2, Manasseh's wicked reign. Manasseh's wicked, honey. He's the one who sword, um, he sword Isaiah in half. We ain't get to that yet, though. Um, verses 3 through 10, he sets up idolatry and will not be admonished. So anybody trying to admonish him, Isaiah, they're going to kill you. Okay, baby. And let me tell you this. The devils don't never want you to tell the truth. The devils, remember, the devil never told the truth. So if a saint comes and starts reciting that truth and telling that truth, the devils get upset. They get irritated and they ready to kill. Because I'm going to tell you this, the most powerful thing that devils do is take life. The power to take a life. So anytime you tell the truth, even in these days, you start telling the truth, it becomes very dangerous. And um, Isaiah was admonishing Manasseh by the word of the Most High. So he got mad at Isaiah when it was the Most High's word because Isaiah is just the carrier of the word, the messenger of the word. He got mad and killed or had Isaiah killed. That's what he did. Then he started crying like a little baby. And his um, he got his own book. He started crying to the most high, begging the most high. Um, but we I ain't going to put the cart before the horse. But I'm just saying he got his own book. Anyway, verse um, 11, he is carried into Babylon, verses 12 through 17. Upon his prayer to the most high, he is released and puts down idolatry. Mm-hmm. Verses 18 and 19, his acts, verses 20, he dying, Ammon 
succeeds him, verses 21 through 24, who was slain by his servants, verses 25, the murderers being slain, Josiah succeeds him. Now, Josiah is supposed to be a decent king. Josiah's good, oh, sorry, verse 34, um, chapter 34, verses 1 through 2, Josiah's good reign. Verses 3 through 7, he destroys idolatry. Verses 8 through 13, he takes over for the repair of the temple. You see how the temple gets neglected every time the king is wicked? You see? I ain't going to keep beating a dead horse, but you see how wicked he comes. Verses 14 through 22, Hilkiah, having found a book of the law, Josiah sends to Huldah to inquire of the Most High. Now, I want you to get a load of these names. Everything has a ayah or ya. Now, in these books, uh, all the books, all the Bibles now, even the King James, they took Y-A-H, which the children are called by the Most High's name, Y-A-H, or they'll have an L in name. That's the Most High's name. L meaning power, ya meaning I am. Listen. They all got that ya in there, except they took the Y out and they put I-A-H. This is how they finagle and this is how they finagle. I'm telling you, little tiny, tiny, tiny chews from foxes destroy the vine. That's why it matters. Little subtle lies. That's why it matters. Because people are so ignorant. And I have to say ignorant. I don't mean ignorant as stupid. Um, I mean ignorant as don't know any better. You're listening to people who it was never given the books. You're listening to people that's saying it's okay to do X, Y, and Z when it really isn't. And you jump all over people who are telling you the truth. And that's pretty much how that is. So ignorance is not bliss. That's why I always say that. Ignorance is not happy. Ignorant does not make you content. Ignorance does not make everything okay for you. As a matter of fact, it makes it worse because when you do find out, you're no longer ignorant. You have to be responsible and you remain in your complacency. And that's where it becomes dangerous for you, not for nobody else. Remember, people have to care enough about you to tell you the truth because they can just let you keep going on and be dumb. And when I say dumb, I mean ignorant, ignorant as in not knowing, but sometimes um, ignorant can mean a refusal once you find out the truth or something a refusal to move forward to the truth that's what it can become so then it just becomes stupidity lack of um less than smart i would say less than smart means stupid senseless and that's how people become because they continue to wallow in the lie when they were told the truth and the most i said you're gonna hear the truth you're gonna you're gonna hear it you're going to hear it. Whether you listen to it or not is up to you, but it's going to be counted against you. There's no game that you could play as a child on this earth, whether you a Gentile, a heathen, or a child of the Most High, that you could play on the Most High because he's not playing with you. Everything is going to be mapped out, laid out, told to you 50 million times. It's going to be like a broken record. Whether you listen to it or not, just like Adam, is up to you and then after that whatever you choose from your free will is gonna fall on your own head moving on verses 23 through 38 Huldah prophesies the destruction of Jerusalem 
but respite thereof of Josiah's time. Something in Africa. Verses uh, third, 29 through 33, Josiah causing it to be read in a solemn assembly renews the covenant with the Most High. It's sad it has to be this roller coaster up, down, up, down, up, down with the children of Israel. It's just terrible. And we wonder today why things are the way they are. And we refuse to acknowledge how us, the children of Israel, the melanated people that they call black, how our history is a mystery, quote unquote, but it's not a mystery, okay? Because the whole world got the children of Israel thinking this mystery, oh yeah, you just got picked up from Africa. You just a slave that been here. Y'all just slaved. You was dumb. You was this, you was that. When I read the whole, um, from Genesis all the way to right now, Chronicles, and it tells you how smart the children of Israel are. Just because somebody comes from a different country, just because they speak a different language, just because they have different customs, just because they have um, different morals and values than yours does not mean they're stupid. It does not mean they're less than a person. It does not mean they're not human. As a matter of fact, the children of Israel are more human than anybody. Listen to the word, human, human. The Most High said that his children was um, made in his image. There's many people on a cellular level that are not human. They're not human. They're not even human. They're not. So uh, catch that. Moving on, Second uh, Chronicles chapter 35, 1 through 19, um, Josiah keeps a most solemn Passover, 20 through 24. He provoking Pharaoh Nico um, is slain at Megiddo, um, verses 25 through 27, Lamentations for Josiah. Um. This is the last um, chapter, uh, chapter 36, 1 through 4. Um, JOA has succeeding is disposed by Pharaoh and carried into Egypt. Um, verses 5 through 8, Jehoiakim, reigning ill, is carried bound into Babylon. 9 through 10, Jehoiachin succeeding reigns ill and is brought into Babylon. This is um this is their first major captivity. Now the children of Israel was in cap um captivity to many nations simply because they didn't listen. They didn't adhere to the most high and they was there for 10 years, 40 years, 30 years, 18 years like that. But the major uh bondage is those four um kingdoms that's in the uh the book of Daniel. That's major bondage when it's hundreds of years. With the exception of um, Egypt slash Mizraim, because remember that uh, that bondage was before um, before the crossover to um, the new uh, land, okay, which is ancient Babylon. I'm, I'm sorry, ancient Canaan. Okay. Um, verses one through four. What does that say? Oh, I, I'm sorry. One to four. Jos, um, succeeding is carried into Egypt. Five through eight. Jehoiakim reigning ill is carried bound into Babylon. Verses nine through ten. Um, Jehoiachim succeeding reigns ill and his 
um, and is brought into Babylon. Um, verses 11 through 13, Zedekiah is succeeding, reigns ill, despises the prophets and rebels um, against Nebuchadnezzar. Um, 14 through 21, Jerusalem for the sins of the priests and the people is wholly destroyed. Mm -hmm. The most I say, he's going to do what he do. Um, Deuteronomy 28, <laughs> uh, verses 22 through 23, the proclamation of Cyrus. So that is that for second Chronicles. Um, like I said, I uploaded the whole book so you'll understand a little bit of the background from my commentary and you can hear what's going on in the book. What'll um what'll um it actually will give you a little more information, but you want to hear like a background so that you can understand um the each individual king and what they did. Um we're gonna move on. Um, into a new book next week and I got a lot to say about this new book and I ain't gonna talk about it now but I hope that every time you listen to this platform that it edifies you I hope that I'm doing the best that I can that you feel like I'm doing a good job in um, feeding you um, the word of the most high I hope that um, you enjoy your day every sabbath and wednesday and all the rest of the times that i upload um that you are getting the tools that you need to start your walk to continue your walk to equip yourself and um uh, give yourself more tools into understanding how this all works i hope that your day is wonderful i hope that your um loving on your family, um, meditating, uh, resting. And I hope to see you soon. Please don't forget to tell your friends about this platform. Um, share this information. Um, uh, join this platform and um, we can continue moving on together. Um, not only do I talk about um, the scriptures, I talk about life and I talk about people and I talk about how um, we are as humans and how things are. And when people email me questions and I um, talk to people and things um, that I feel are noteworthy to be discussed, I hope that you learn something through all of that because I'm giving you what I have. I'm giving you what I have. I enjoy doing this platform um, and I hope that you enjoy it. I appreciate all those people who send me lines and let me know how I'm doing. And um, I hope that we all continue to walk this uh, path together into solidifying ourselves with the most high and until next time hi trying to contact me regarding a question comment or concern well you got two ways of doing so the first way is you can email me at cliffnote Q&A at yahoo.com. I'll say it again. 
this is one word, cliff note, the letter Q, the letter N, the letter A, at yahoo.com. The second way is you can upload a question, concern, or comment on Spotify. The question section appears under the episode's description on Spotify. Send me your question and I'll definitely answer it. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. It's good to hear the word of truth from the Most High, but you know what's better? Hitting that follow button and hitting the small bell next to it to be notified of new content. You can also save a life by sharing this valuable content. Go ahead, save a life today. Thanks. Hey, don't make me your guilty pleasure. Hit that follow button and make that commitment. You will not be disappointed and it's free. It doesn't cost nothing to hit that follow. Thanks.